who are accompanied by many associates, such as Vishvaksena, I offer all the paraphernalia for worshipping you. One should chant this mantra every day with great attention while worshipping Lord Vishnu with all paraphernalia, such as water for washing his feet, hands and mouth, and water for his bath. One must offer him various presentations for his worship, such as garments, a sacred thread, ornaments, scents, flowers, incense, and lamps. Shri Prabhupada's purport. This mantra is very important. Anyone engaged in deity worship should chant this mantra as quoted above, beginning with Om Namo Bhagavate Mahapurushaya. Text 8. Just read the translation. Also in text 8 it has the mantra Om Namo Bhagavate Mahapurushaya Mahabhuti Padaye Swaheti. Translation. Sukadev Goswami continued. After worshipping the Lord with all the paraphernalia mentioned above, one should chant the following mantra while offering twelve oblations of ghee on the sacred fire. Om Namo Bhagavate Mahapurushaya Mahabhuti Padaye Swaha. Text 9. Translation purported by Shiva Prabhupada. If one desires all opulences, his duty is to daily worship Lord Vishnu with his wife Lakshmi. With great devotion, one should worship him according to the above-mentioned process. Lord Vishnu and the Goddess of Fortune are an immensely powerful combination. They are the bestowers of all benedictions and the sources of all good fortune. Therefore, the duty of everyone is to worship Lakshmi Narayana. Purport. Lakshmi Narayana, Lord Vishnu, and Mother Lakshmi are always situated in everyone's heart. However, because non-devotees do not realize that Lord Vishnu stays with his eternal consort Lakshmi within the hearts of all living entities, they are not endowed with the opulence of Lord Vishnu. Unscrupulous men sometimes address a poor man as the river Narayana or poor Narayana. This is most unscientific. Lord Vishnu and Lakshmi are always situated in everyone's heart, but this does not mean that everyone is Narayana, especially not those in poverty. This is the most abominable term to use in connection with Narayana. Narayana never becomes poor, and therefore he can never be called to for Narayana. Narayana is certainly situated in everyone's heart, but he is neither poor nor rich. Only unscrupulous persons who do not know the opulence of Narayana try to afflict him with poverty. So this translation starts with, if one desires all opulences, and generally this is our situation, we would like all opulences. Anybody here want to be ugly? I mean, there's even he doesn't want to be. That's right. Children are okay. It's all right. You can stay. You can stay. It's all right. Just an occasional squeal is okay. It's fine. Pretty soon, I'm going to be one of those, you know. So, so, uh, so and uh, nobody wants to be weak and sick. Anybody want to be weak and sick? Anybody want to be foolish? One devotee wrote a letter to Srila Prabhupada begging to remain your useless servant. Hare Krishna. So everybody wants opulences. Some people want the opulence of renunciation, which is the best of the opulences. Someone can take away our beauty, our wealth, our strength, our fame, our knowledge, right? That can be taken away like that, just some accident, some disease, but renunciation, it's hard for someone else to take that away. Sometimes the demigods try to take away the yogis for renunciation. But everybody wants some opulences. Isn't that a fact? And generally we want all of them. I mean, if we're really honest, 
Maybe if the other devotees are around and someone says, would you like wealth and beauty? No, 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 I only want prema. But if no one's around, then we'll say, yes, yes, give me, give me. It's like when they go past you with the second serving of paneer sabji and you don't want to seem greedy, and so you say, no, 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 it's okay. And after they've gone past, you're thinking, oh, why didn't I take more paneer sabji? So in our heart of hearts, we are all wanting all the six opulences. Isn't it a fact? Of course, we're thinking, if I had so much money, I'd spend it for Krishna or something. <laughs> if I was famous, I could preach on TV. So everybody is wanting these opulences, and for the materialistic person, Prabhupada calls the unscrupulous men, talks about the non-devotees, the unscrupulous men. So how do non-devotees try to get opulences? They try to get them externally by their own endeavor or by the endeavor of their friends or something like that. They try to get external wealth and beauty of the body, knowledge of the workings of the world and so forth, fame in the world. Of course, when they get these things, are they getting Lakshmi? Who are they getting? Maya, they're getting Durga. And so these opulences are not very satisfying when you get them as Durga. Unfortunately, if one is a non-devotee, one thinks, I am this body, and I am this mind, and I need to get external opulences in order to be happy. But it doesn't work very well. Does it work very well? We've all tried this. Has everybody tried this? Yes? Does it work? Does it make us happy? What do you say? Little bit, for a little bit of time. Yes? Little bit, for a little bit of time. Very fleeting happiness. And it gets boring also, it's a problem. Even if you could have all of the opulences of the world around you all of the time, it would get boring. Like if you ate pizza for breakfast, pizza for lunch, pizza for dinner, pizza for breakfast, pizza for lunch, pizza for lunch. We become conditioned. And finally, these things are unsatisfying because they are external. They're not touching the soul. They have nothing to do with the self. As Krishna explains in the 5th and the 13th chapter, we are simply the observer. So someone who's a little bit more intelligent understands that if I really want opulence, I have to go internal. Prabhupada says here very clearly, the non-devotees don't know that Vishnu and Lakshmi are in the heart, so they're looking for opulence externally. Like there's that story in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that the man didn't know that his father had left him a wealth. Now he's looking for it elsewhere. So the devotees, they know that if I want opulence, I go in the heart, because there is the Lord and Lakshmi, and I worship the Lord of the heart. And therefore it's explained here, if you really want opulences, that's what you will do. And in fact, if one does really want opulences, that is the prescribed method, worship Lakshmi Narayan. And what opulences will you get then? You will get spiritual opulences. Ultimately you will achieve where? What realm will you achieve? Vaikuntha, which is full of opulences. So we are, uh, by the grace of Srila Prabhupada and the Vaishnavas, so we've been uh, studying the Sri Manashiksha of Raghunath Goswami. And he speaks about, in the fourth verse, about Lakshmi Pati, the husband of Lakshmi. Bhaktivinoda Thakur's commentary on that verse, he writes that the residents of Vaikuntha all want to enjoy the opulences of Narayana. For some of them it's mixed with service, but for some of them not so much, because in Vaikuntha also people are there in Shantaras, not even so much Dasiras. So they have love for Narayana. It's not that they don't have love for Narayana, they do. They're not like the non-devotees who want to steal Lakshmi for themselves. That is the essence of being a non-devotee. I want to take Sita from Ram. I want to take Radha from Krishna. I want to take Lakshmi from Narayana. 
They're devotees. They enjoy opulences by seeing the happiness of Lakshmi online, but they have some desire to enjoy opulences. And in this world, someone who is worshipping Lakshmi Narayan in the heart will experience that they are full of opulence, <coughs> however they may appear externally. So one who is absorbed in worship of Lakshmi Narayan in the heart will have their lives filled with beauty, with fame, with knowledge, with wealth, with strength, with renunciation, even if to the world it looks like they have some old broken body living in poverty. They will not experience their life like that. Srila Prabhupada speaks here, as he often does, about the misunderstanding that Narayan and Lakshmi are in everyone's heart. He says many people think that because Narayan and Lakshmi are in everyone's heart, that everyone is Narayan. And they say, therefore, the way you serve Lakshmi Narayan in the heart is to serve everybody. And the way you serve everybody is to give them food and clothes and medical care and education and things of this sort. And that, therefore, you serve the rich Narayanas and the poor Narayanas. So this is how they pervert this understanding. And then they say, well, the rich Narayanas don't need much service, so mostly we'll serve the poor Narayanas. So they're going around seeing everyone, okay, there is a poor Narayana. <laughs> I will serve Narayana by giving this person some clothing. So this is, this is why without Guru, without Shastra, without the devotees, one is very prone to be misled. One will go down a wrong path. I mean, if you're saying Narayana, 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 eventually, here's some clothes to Ridra Narayana, here's some food to Ridra Narayana. So maybe eventually by saying Narayana, Narayana, like a Jamila, <laughs> you'll get some benefits and eventually your consciousness will be cleared, but that may be a very long eventually before one understands what is Narayana. So just because Lakshmi and Narayana are in everyone's heart does not mean everybody has become Narayana. It is a fact that Lakshmi and Narayana are pleased when we please all living entities. That is a fact. Throughout the Bhagavad Gita, it is stated that one should be the friend of all living entities. One should be equal to all living entities. It is not possible to please the Lord and harm other living entities. It doesn't work. It's like I'm here with my granddaughter. If you want to make me happy and you're not being nice to her, then I'm not going to be happy. That's, it's just logic. When I was a Gurukul teacher, it was very difficult because you sometimes have to say to the parents, your child is having a problem. What can you do? You know, sometimes you have to say, I'm sorry, your child's not doing his schoolwork, your child is misbehaving, and the parents hate you then. It's a, it's a very big problem, you know, that how do you, how do you deal with the parents when you have some bad news? So love me, love my child. So all living entities, Jivarasura, Payakrishna, Arnichita, so all living entities are part and parcel of the Lord, Mamai Vamsa, Jiva Loke, Jiva Bhutta, Sanatana, and therefore if we're going to please the Lord, we should do service for all living entities. That is absolutely correct. But not service to them as if they were God. That is not the point. And the best service we do for them is to awaken their God consciousness. Uh, it's not that altruistic activities are forbidden. In the Ishapanishad, Prabhupada says that God-centered altruistic activities are part of the Ishavasya principle. Uh, but mostly we are serving living entities by awakening them to their true nature. Just like a drowning man, you don't just save the clothes. You also save the clothes, usually. <laughs> you usually save the person with their clothes. <laughs> but if you don't save the person, saving the clothes is not very uh, effective. So, considering all this, here's a verse in the Bhagavatam, and here's a purport by Srila Prabhupada. Should we all stop our worship of Gornitai, Krishna Balaram, and Radha uh, Shandasundar Lalita Vishaka? and instead worship Lakshmi Narayan to get all opulences. What do you think? 
I like it that it starts here, if one desires all opulences. If. So for the mood of the devotee of Krishna is a little different. So we can take the principle here in the Bhagavatam and apply it to us as Krishna Bhaktas, as uh, Gora Bhaktas. There is an opulence that we should want. What is the opulence we should want? Love. Love. Actually, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu talks about this Daridra, uh, this poverty. He says, Prema dhana bina vyartha daridra jivana dhas akori bhetan morim adeha prema dhana. Any of you Bengalis, I am very sorry how I am massacring your language. So he says, without prema, uh, life is daridra. It's daridra jivana. You have a, a poor life. You may be a very rich man, you may be Bill Gates or our wonderful American politician Donald Trump, right out of the 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. So, you know, you may be some very wealthy person in the estimation of the world or some very beautiful person in the estimation of the world, but without love, Premadana Bina Vyarta Daridrajima. Bina, if you don't have Vyarta, Arta means something valuable. Vyarta, you don't have anything valuable. Daridrajima, you have a poor life. And you have no opulences. Even materially speaking, even speaking from the platform of material life, if someone is very rich, but they have no friends, they have no family, they feel that their life is empty. You find this, the opulent people of the world, they will say, honestly, they'll say, I became a very famous rock star, I had everything I could want, you know, all the money, all the fame, all the beautiful girls, everything, but my life was just empty. They'll say it, you'll find it, it's in the newspapers, over and over and over again, my life was empty. One devotee I know was telling me how her father was very wealthy, but he never had good relationships with his family, his wife and his children. And he said, what is the point? You, know, you, you, can't, you can't buy love with your beauty, with your wealth, with your fame, with your renunciation. And it, it's empty. Prabhupada says, therefore, if people have no one to love, they get a dog. If you live in India, that may seem very peculiar, but... It's starting now some places in India. Or they'll, they'll buy, you know, a little hamster or something to love it. Without, without love, there, there's no opulence. This is the opulence. This is the opulence. And what's interesting is when one has love, one doesn't really care for these other opulences. Again, we can see this even on a material level. Now, sometimes a rich, famous girl falls in love with a poor man. And she's feeling, as long as I love him, I don't care that I'm in poverty. And this is on the transcendental level. When Lord Ramachandra went to the forest in exile, you may not really understand what does this mean, but exile at that time was how you give the death punishment to somebody to whom you do not want to give the death punishment. It was very severe. And for someone like Sita, I mean, Ram and Lakshman, Varj and Trivna, they had gone to Gurukul when they were young, but Sita had always lived in opulences. Her feet had never touched the ground, basically. Always walking on silk carpets or in a palanquin, eating royal food, served by so many maidservants. Like Devahuti, when she married Kardama Muni, same thing. She didn't know how to comb her own hair, David. But just imagine, you know, she had other people were combing her hair when she was with her husband. She didn't, she didn't know how, she didn't know how to bathe. She was a princess. But for love, David Huti, for love, 
She was willing to live without opulences. Sita, for love, was willing to live without opulences. And she said, My dear Lord Ram, wherever you are, there is Ayodhya. I don't, I don't need opulences. The forest is my opulence. So this is the, the meaning of, of love. That when one has the opulence of love, one has all opulences. And without the opulence of love, one has nothing. Everything is empty and hollow. If you imagine some big, beautiful mansion with nobody in it. Well, it's a true story. One woman who once went to a therapist for counseling, actually her family forced her to go because she was a cleaning freak. She was constantly cleaning the house and they had a carpet, little thick carpet. And when people would walk on it, you would see the impressions of their feet in the carpet. And she was going behind them, cleaning always, vacuuming. And so the children said, husband said, you must go to the therapist. This is a true story. And the therapist said to you, when you see these impressions of the feet in the carpet, what do you think? She says, I think my house is not clean. He says, no. It means your family is there. He says, what is the use of a beautiful carpet without your family's footprints? So this principle applies also in the transcendental realm. Therefore, the opulence that the devotee is looking for in the heart is love. And uh, Rupa Goswami makes this argument, Bhagavatam makes this argument, Srila Prabhupada makes this argument, that the highest repository of love is not Lakshmi with no disrespect to the Lord as Lakshmi Narayana, that the highest repository of love is Sri Krishna. Akila Rasamrita Murti. Lakshmi Narayan cannot accommodate all varieties of love, only some. But Krishna can reciprocate with, can taste every possible variety of love. Therefore, that is the greatest opulence. What does it mean, Akila Rasamrita Murti? So we think of the rasas, there are the five primary rasas. What are the five primary rasas? Shanta, Dasya, Sakya, Matsalya, Madhurya. And then there are the seven secondary rasas. What are the seven secondary rasas? You have anger, what else? Gastliness. Gastliness. Fear. Chivalry, which has three subdivisions. Fear. Surprise. Surprise, wonder, what else? Huh? Yes, comedy, joy, and one more. Karuna, compassion. But it's not that Krishna is only enjoying uh, those twelve because each has many, 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 many subdivisions and combinations. In studying Srila uh, Prabhupada's nectar devotion, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Ujwala Nilamani, all of the combinations. Different, there's different categories of coward boys. Some are a little older, some are the same age, some are a little younger. Different categories of servants different categories of gopis. Rupa Goswami and Ujjwala Nilamani talks about at least 300 different categories, 350 categories of gopis. And it's down that in, in the, the Garuda Purana, I ended up in somebody's home somewhere in the world, I can't remember, where they had a copy of the Garuda Purana that Dhanavir Maharaj had arranged to be translated. I think he was using Kushikrajavu's translation. And there was one section I was reading how, uh, who was it who wanted to enter? Lord Shiva and Sam Muni wanted to enter the Ras Lila. And there were these big ladies with sticks guarding the Ras Lila. And they said, you can't get in, there's millions of us. So I thought, this is a very interesting Rasa. Some lady security guard around the Ras Lila. 
So there's an, my point is there's an infinite number of relationships, as many jivas that are there. Sanatana Goswami says in his commentary in Bhagavatam 10.14, I think it's 53, that the Lord has unlimited qualities and there are unlimited jivas. And each jiva is especially attracted to a particular quality. And each jiva is unique. This is why Lord Brahma couldn't understand how has Krishna duplicated the jivas in the Brahman Bimohan? Did he actually duplicate them? Were they actually duplicate jivas? No. They were a little different. They were different in their, their mood. So Krishna is enjoying a relationship. I really liked it in the previous verse that he's the supreme enjoyer. The best of enjoyers. What is the best of enjoyers? That Krishna is enjoying this relationship of love, an infinite, infinite relationships of love with infinite living entities, with infinite shaktis, with all varieties of flavor. You know, you can go to the MBT and they have, I don't know, seven or eight varieties of pizza. Right? But we can't enjoy them simultaneously. That would be pretty hard if you could eat all seven simultaneously. But Krishna is enjoying all of these simultaneously. Not just seven varieties, not just twelve varieties, uncountable varieties. Each of us has, each of us has, each of us has our own particular flavor of love for Krishna. And only the Lord as Krishna can reciprocate unlimitedly with every flavor. That is the real opulence. And that is in the heart. One doesn't have to go anywhere. It's right there. The materialists, they're trying to find the external opulences. Let me have a beautiful home and nice food and this and that. But the devotees know the greatest opulence is with me all the time. As Prabhupada quotes here, is far sarvabhutanam rinde share He's always there. Always. And who is he? He says, Suridam Sarvabhutanam. He is the best friend. And he is eager to give us this highest opulence. When Gopal Kumar goes to the spiritual world, the Lord says to him, Life after life, you didn't say my name. Life after life, you didn't do any service. Life after life, you had no connection with me. And I was dancing like a fool, thinking, When? When will he say my name one time? Even, you know, Cinerama. Something. <laughs> but you never did. And I didn't want to break the laws of karma. What could I do? What could I do? How could I again have my loving relationship with you and still follow the laws of karma? So I did something a little tricky. And I arranged for you to take birth at... Where? At Govardhan. Because then there's some Agyata Sukriti. So the Lord so much wants to give us this opportunity. I mean, any ordinary parent, any ordinary parent in this world, unless they are a crazy person, they want to share their opulences with their children. Isn't it? What parent wants to eat and the children starve? I mean, lions do this, but at least human parents don't. You're not going to wear nice clothes. Your children are in rags. Who would do this? Usually the parents want the children to be better, even. The parents didn't have a university education, but they will work two jobs so the children can have. So Krishna is like this. Krishna wants Arjuna to drive the chariot and get the credit. Ram wants Hanuman to jump over the ocean, and he has to use a bridge. 
So Krishna wants to share his opulences with us. He's, he's, he's aching to. He's eager to. Please, please, when can I share my love with you? When will you love me? Prabhupada said, the deity, Krishna is thinking, I want to talk to you. Again, you know, any of you who are parents, parent wants to talk to the child. If the child doesn't want to talk to them, what can they do? One of my god sisters is here, or was here, she just left. She said she had been estranged from her son for many years. I said, why don't you talk to him? She said, well, he doesn't call me. I want to talk to him, but what can I do? So Krishna was like, I want to talk to you. I want to eat with you. I want to play with you. I want to dance with you. I want to share love with you. And we are by your mukir. We're just, where are opulences? Where can I find opulences? Maybe here, maybe there. Where can I find opulences? He's like, you foolish. It's right here, right here. So this is what we should be doing. Desire for opulence, the desire for happiness, and undermine the that's part of us. Rabbi says you cannot kill desire. But if we really want I want let me be your servant. Baitan Mori, give me a, a salary. We have a controversy sometimes in this country. Should devotees get a salary? The answer is yes. Mahaprabhu is saying, Baitan Mori, give me a salary. Deha, give me. We're like, you know, Biksha Dehi, Biksha. So we can go, ah, Biksha Dehi, Premadan. Done is wealth. <coughs> Give me prema, give me so much prema that I don't care if I'm rich or poor, that I don't care if I'm beautiful or ugly, that I don't care if I'm honored or dishonored. And Krishna says, be equipoised to heat and cold, happiness, distress, honor, dishonor, fame and infamy. We are not to do that by gyan. I am very detached because this world is false. We are not to do it by dhyan. Let me meditate on the chakras and the kundalini so I am vibrating with shakti and I don't care. We're not even meant to do it with karma yoga, karma palatyaga, anantara shantir. We're not even meant to find the peace that comes at the end of giving up the fruit of our work. We are meant to find this equilibrium because we have something so great and so wonderful and so unlimited that we already feel completely full in that opulence. And any other kind of opulence has no value. If you already have a feast, why would you want old bread? So we need to eat this feast. We're in Vrindavan. With Gornitai, Krishna Balaram, Radhasham, Lalita Vishaka. Most of all, most of all, we are Vishrila Prabhupada. We need to eat this feast. We need to want this opulence. We need to accept this opulence. We need to relish this opulence, which is with us all the time. And our whole process of bhakti, everything we do, from our chanting japa, our chanting kirtan, our worshipping the deity, our sadhu sangha, our going to the holy places, everything is meant to soften the heart, to melt the heart, to awaken this icha, to awaken this desire. I want the opulence, the wealth of love. So thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, ki so if anyone has questions or comments or additions or subtractions or chastisements. Yes, bro.
Hare Krishna. One of the principles of devotion is Jeevaya. Yes. What we see is common. Generally we don't follow this principle in death and spirit. Any particular reason for that? Illusion? Foolishness? No, we don't follow. <laughs> what is the reason? That's the reason. You asked, what is the reason? Foolishness? But not following this principle in death and spirit. Any reason behind it or? Foolishness. Illusion, selfishness, envy. I'm sorry, that's the answer. There's not another answer. <laughs> Immaturity, fanaticism. Raghunathas Goswami would say it is bathing in donkey urine. That is the reason. You're thinking... I am detached. I don't care about ordinary things like that some devotees dying of typhoid next to me because I am detached from the living and the dead. It's immaturity. Some kind of fanaticism. I mean, each case it may be different. For somebody, it's because they're mixing their bhakti with gyan. For someone else, they just have fanatic misunderstandings. Prabhupada says Arjuna was trying to justify his lack of Krishna consciousness with Krishna consciousness. So, at least me, I'm very good at that. I think many of us are very good at that, that we rationalize our lack of Krishna consciousness with Krishna consciousness. It's Krishna conscious not to care if you are cold and hungry, Prabhu. You're not the body, just deal with it. That wasn't Srila Prabhupada. I mean, if we really are in Srila Prabhupada's movement, Prabhupada would say, are you cold? Are you getting enough to eat? Make sure the devotees are taken care of. Prabhupada, not just the devotees, Prabhupada said no one should go hungry within 10 mile radius. The devotees in Mayapur saw someone eating out of the trash and they said, Prabhupada, sometimes I feel so sorry to see this. And Prabhupada said, sometimes? <laughs> but that should be a result of bhakti. It should, we shouldn't think, you know, giving somebody a blanket. We shouldn't think that is bhakti. But naturally, if you're bhakti, you want to give. I mean, on every level, why not? If we, if we had a Krishna conscious government, it would be a, a society of prosperity. Yes, am I correct? Is that Shastra? If we had devotees in a position of government. I mean, look, ISKCON is not government, and ISKCON is not meant to be government. So the organization ISKCON is not meant to engage in taking care of people on that level. That's not, that's not our mission. And if we do that as an institution, as an organization, we will have mission drift. But we are meant to train satriyas who will do that in society. That is part of our mission. We are meant to create varnashram, which means we are meant to create satriyas who are rajarshis, not like the modern political leaders in the world. At least some of the modern political leaders are just like Hirani Kashipus and Ravanas. They're not, they're not even, you know, they're not even, they're not even materialistic satriyas, they're rakshasas. So we should do that, and devotees in that who are satriyas, they should make sure that there's roads, and there's schools, and there's parks, and there's gardens, and there's water, and there's no open sewers, and we should have devotees should be running ultimately everything Krishna wants us devotees should be in charge of government devotees should be in charge of the universities devotees should be in charge of the businesses of the agriculture devotees should be in charge of the arts and the entertainment and the skills and the crafts in the society but that's not the mission of ISKCON you understand ISKCON's mission we're not like supposed to make chairs so we're not supposed to run governments I understand we're not supposed to do that. On an individual level, we should always be kind to everybody. 
upon all those. We should never be unkind to anyone. We should never be hard-hearted. That's not going to help us. Is that all right? Yes. Mother, traditional Brahmanical culture. Yes. yes. Is to ask for bhakti and knowledge. Mm. Bhakti and knowledge is my personal purpose. I want enhancement of it from the Lord. Whereas praise is basically granted by the Lord. Not for personal purpose. But bhakti and prem both are related. Bhakti and prem both are related. If I am bhakti, it will be transformed to prem. So what is the wrong in asking for bhakti? That's okay. Knowledge. Yeah. Well, knowledge is interesting. So the first time my family met with Shri Prabhupada, my father asked Prabhupada, is it all right if I come to the temple even though this is not my religion? I have another religion. He said to Prabhupada, I'm coming to see my daughter and my son-in-law. I'm not coming because I, I'm a devotee of Krishna. And Prabhupada said, yes, there can be many religions. He said, like we are in Chicago, so there can be many planes flying to Chicago. But you must have a religion that is training you to know God and to love Him. If you don't know anything about God, it will be very difficult to love Him. That kind of knowledge we want. Not that we will ever understand Krishna. Good luck with that. But we can know, we have, if we don't know anything about how can we love Him? Like Rupa Goswami is describing the Udipans, what stimulates love. Krishna's qualities, Krishna's personality, that Krishna is Dirodata and Dirvalita and Dirapursanta. And he has all these qualities, a beautiful form, beautiful pastimes. If we don't know these, how will we love him? But we shouldn't be looking for knowledge for knowledge. Not so I can pass a trivia exam in the Shastra. Now I am a big Bhakti Shastra. I can tell you all the Sanskrit words and their meaning. That kind of knowledge, we are not interested. We should also have the knowledge to become expert, one of the 26 qualities of the devotees. So if you are going to cook in the kitchen, you should know how to cook, please. I was in one temple where the cook made avocado halva. I mean, if you're Vidura, you can give Krishna banana peels in ecstasy, but I'm sure he actually knew how to cook. So, if you're, if you're going to teach, please learn how to teach. Please, please, please learn how to teach. We have Lakshmi Moni here. She'll teach you how to teach. If you want to teach, go to her. Learn how to teach. If you want to cook, learn how to cook. If you're going to play the instrument, learn how to play the instrument. That kind of, you're going to dress the deity, you should learn how to dress the deity. We have our deity worship academy. You understand? If you're going to clean, know how to clean. When I got married, I didn't know how to clean. I was brought up with servants, I didn't clean. My husband had been a Navy lieutenant, so he knew how to clean. So he had to teach me how to clean. So if you're going to clean, you have to, you know how to clean. If you're going to do the laundry, you have to know how to do the laundry. That kind of knowledge you should have and Prabhupada says the Gurukul children should not be known as fools. The children should know something, geography, history, mathematics. So that for our service, for our preaching, one should know. But just to ask for knowledge, I want knowledge. That's one of the six opulences. You may not like where you go if you do that. Be careful. We could take one more. Is that all right? Okay. One more? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Yes. He said if they are not. I'm surprised that oh, if they are not. He said if they are not. 
What is the reason if they are not? If they are not, it's because they're an illusion. I see so many devotees in ISKCON doing Divadwara. Are you in ISKCON? Are you in ISKCON? Do you take care of Jeevas? So, so that's at least one. I would say even if a devotee takes prasadam, he gives prasadam to all the insects or microbes in the body. So he gives to the subconscious. Uh-huh, that was a conversation Prabhupada had with Bhakti Swaradamanar Maharaj. Bhakti Swaradamanar Maharaj asked Srila Prabhupada, when we take prasadam, do we benefit all the cells in our body? All the, you know, little bugs and all the bacteria. And Prabhupada laughed. So this is your jivadoya, huh? You're eating prasadam. <laughs> I am fulfilling jivadoya by eating prasadam and feeding all the worms in my intestines. So here's someone else who does jivadoya. Now you have at least two people in this guy who do jivadoya. So they are nicely situated. But the best gift we can give is, is the holy name. That's the best gift if you really want to serve all of the Hindus. But that doesn't mean one should be hard-hearted. You know, it doesn't mean one should be hard-hearted. One should, one should care. But I, I didn't agree with him that nobody is doing it. I just said if. If somebody is not caring for all of You cannot. Then you are, that's Kanista. Kanista in the 11th canto is somebody who just, I worship the Lord. Oh, my dear Lord. Oh, my dear Lord. And I don't know how to treat anybody. That's the, you're a devotee, but it's very low level. But, you know, don't do mundane welfare work in the name of bhakti either. So that's, but that's a very long discussion. I, we don't have time. It's 9.02. So maybe in another class, somebody else will discuss what is the relationship between these things. Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Shrimad Prabhupada ki jai. Vrindavan dam ki jai.